Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. Answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast with Brent Hubbs, Austin Price, Rob Lewis. I'm Eric Kane. Exterior Home Solutions, local, trusted since 1999. A free estimate, 865-524-5888 or online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Austin, there's been some really, really bad storms come through this area this past week. Whether it's um, you know roofing, siding, whatever exterior renovation you need, they can they can handle it over there at Exterior Home uh, Solutions. Yeah, absolutely. Give uh, Jeff and Dustin a call, and you know you're right. Uh, I know Hubs is in line for a new roof at his house. A lot of people are, and especially as you get the storm season coming up here in the next few months, uh, it's a perfect time to kind of upgrade and uh, you know take that you know potentially leaky roof and make yourself dry again. All right, so we've got about 17 to 20 questions we're going to try to dive into here today. So without further ado, we'll get started. We're going to start with Zuzify. Aside from George McIntyre, who is the next highest priority on Tennessee's board for the class of 2025? Austin, would you say, you know, off of the tackle, David Sanders? Would you say in-state, take care of Cam Sparks or Ethan Utley? Where would you go with this? Well, I said David Sanders or Josh Petty or any of those top jump linemen. Um right. You know, Tennessee's needs there don't just go away if they're able to close out, you know, herd, um, you know, and if they don't close out herd, then they've uh, really got, uh, you know, some needs on their hands. So, um, you know, for my liking, it's David Sanders. It's really not close. Um, you know, I know Georgia's, you know, if he gets in the boat and, and picks Tennessee, we'll want wide receivers and that's natural, but he's also want somebody to, you know, protect him, you know, cause he's tired of getting uh, pounded in the high school level. So, I go David Sanders and the lay down for me. Let's go to Sam Smith, twenty two thirty three. A couple of questions here, Rob. Do you see Rick trying to save minutes off Sakai's as uh, we get into the dog days of college basketball season? Do the Vols take care of Danny's idiot brother? And then I'll I'll take the last one after you after you get done. I do not see Rick trying to save minutes off Sakai. I mean, he played him. What was it? I mean. I, I'm not trying to make – I'm not saying this is a bad thing because Rick and Zakai are, are both this way. He played 39 minutes against NC State like three weeks ago. And there's, you know, he's 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 coming back. He's care, Rick's careful. He's careful. He's careful. Get, they get in a tight game. Zakai plays 39 minutes. No, he's not going to – I mean, Rick will tell you that every every Tuesday or Friday before they play. We're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. And if it's a tight game, he's going to play 40 minutes. I mean, so yeah, if it's a blowout, I think, you know, maybe Rick will rest him, but no. Long short answer, no. I don't I don't think Rick is is, is gonna be able to, to say, you know, keep himself from playing Zakai. I mean, he'll tell you himself it's his, it's his security blanket. So I mean, yeah, I, th- I think Coach will have some intentions to not play Zakai so much, and I think at the end of the day he'll play him a lot. 
Sam's last question is for me about when are we going to get official word on Zane Denton? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're sitting here the week before they're reportedly coming back to campus to start individual workouts. I've kind of circled that date of Monday the 15th, kind of individual. It's not the end-all, be-all date, but that's the date I'm kind of paying attention to. But been tracking this, obviously, for a couple of weeks. It's really just day by day. I think there's a lot of moving parts here with this one. So we'll see what happens. But um, w- when they get back on campus and start individual workouts, I think that's a date we should all be paying attention to. So we'll continue to look at that one in regards to Zane Denton. Let's go to Cades Koval. Do you believe Dante Thornton, Brew McCoy, will be near 100% by fall camp, Brent Hubs? I would imagine Thornton would for sure. And, um, you know, that that long a time since the injury, I would say the Brew is going to be ready to roll as well. Uh, Thornton for sure. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Thornton's going to be good to go to in spring. Now the question for Thornton's going to be, can he stay healthy, right? I mean, he was hurt in spring. He was hurt in summer. You know, he's had the hamstring stuff that's bothered him. He's got a, I mean, from this injury, the ankle injury he had, he will be a hundred percent. I think brew will be, you know, close. Um, will be well, will be, re, you know, really close to there. I think they will be cautious with him. I, I think they will be cautious with him in fall camp. Uh, and won't do anything crazy with him there. But but I do think that he's going to be, um, you know, I think he's going to be pretty close to 100%, if not 100% by by August. I think he hopes to be 100% and, and feels like he's well on his way right now. We'll move over now to Loud Noises. Got a funny one than a, than a real one. It says, AP, we all know Coach Josh Hoppel doesn't have the budget to pull you away from VolQuest. However, name the job in the AD that's in the athletic department that would be the most tempting Honestly, wouldn't mind hearing from everybody. You can take a stab at that if you want to. But the, the real question is about recruiting, any traction, getting Dominic McKinley to still take his visits. Um, feel free to put a percentage on that if you want to. We know that you love those. Um, I would take Josh Heibel's job in the athletic department. Um, nine get my, million reasons why, nine, right? I'd get my $9 million for a few years, get fired, and go retire and go play golf. Um, you know, So, I mean, you know, that's pretty easy for me. Um, either that or Danny White's job, either one. Um, you know, I mean, like if I'm going, I'm going, if I'm going, I'm going big, um, I'm not going for, you know, something small. So, um, as for Dominic McKinley, yeah, Tennessee's still in contact with him. They're still talking to him. Um, would love to get him up here for a visit. We'll see if, uh, he, if they're able to do that. I think a lot of that depends on, you know, you know, his connection to new, the new LSU defensive staff and, and how quickly he can kind of build a bond with those guys between now and the end of the month. Let's go to Reltonly for Life. Got a couple here. We'll break it down. Um, Brent, is, he says that saw the director of recruiting recently left. You see Tennessee going in-house or spread a wider net to fill that role. Feels like they got a couple of nice little in-house options, wouldn't you say? I think in-house makes the most sense. I, I think there's a lot of confusion on what that job is. And I think Angela yeah. Rummett did a gr- terrific job. She did a terrific job yeah. in that role. Um, but that's not an evaluation role. That That's not that is that's a lot more event management than it is anything else and it and it's coordination and it's it's a it's not easy okay i mean you've got to be super organized you've got to have a plan you've got to have a good personality because you are dealing with people on campus but you're not deciding who they recruit you're you're not sitting there looking at it going okay i i like these offensive linemen let's go recruit them that that role's a very different role I think Tennessee puts on a good product for visit weekends officially uh, for unofficial visits when they do the, whatever they're calling those events. Now, Austin, they've been everything under the sun. 
the barbecues and all those types of things. So I think that promoting from within and keeping that continuity going would make the most sense to me. Going into year four, where, where is UT failing in their high school offensive line recruiting? Austin, if you want to take a stab at that. What was the question again? Sorry. Going into year four, oh, um, where is UT failing in their high school offensive line recruiting? You know, I think it's um, – I don't think they really failed in 2020 in twenty for the class of 2024. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think this is probably the first year where you felt like, okay, these are some really quality offensive linemen. You know, I mean, you know, could they have landed a Jordan Seaton or somebody like that? Sure. But, I mean – I thought that their overall offensive line class was really, really good this year. I thought it was medium to solid last year because I still think Sham offers some good things. Same thing with Vice and Lang. It's the first couple of years where they just missed and whiffed. And I think that's where you're seeing it stick out because, like, this should be – those should be the classes where if you hit on one to two of those players, you feel pretty good about, you know, where you're at in 25, you got to put some pieces around a couple of these guys. But, like, you don't feel really good about any of those players that were brought in in those first couple of classes. The last year, this year, a little bit different. Um, again, I think it still just boils down to building relationships and, uh, you know, recruiting the old-fashioned way. And then the last question here from the poster, if GMAC doesn't choose Tennessee, where will Josh Heupel pivot at that quarterback position? It would be Madden. Um, and they've been recruiting Madden this whole time. Um, you know, so we'll – and we'll see after that. All right, let's jump to Gator Dog Rob Lewis. What position group do you think will have the biggest jump next football season? Oof, man, that's a really good question. The biggest jump, or you, you kind of hope it's maybe secondary. Do, do you not? I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's kind of a leap of faith because you're not, you're not hoping like some guys that, that played get better. You know, at least in many cases, you're hoping some guys that haven't played show up and, and work it. So, you know, I'll, I'll go secondary just, you know, because it's been kind of an albatross around the, the neck of all nation for, for the past couple of years. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go wide receiver um, just because I think that they have a chance to be more dynamic there. And I think part of that's going to be quarterback related. Uh, I think more <laughs> fields will be open up to, to all the receivers. And, and I think Brazel um, has got some explosiveness to him. And, and I, I think Mike Matthews is going to be a good player. Um, you know, I, I think if you can keep Brew healthy, um, I, I just I think that's a place where they can they can be better. Um, and, and and it's not just a receiver. I think part of that again is is the quarterback, um, and and maybe you know Austin the field opens up for you more. So I, I'm going to go wide receiver. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything Brent just said. Yeah, I, mean, I was just saying I think it's a great point about Nico too. How much better does you know like a point guard? How much better does he make people around him? Yeah, making them around them. And then you add better quality talent to be throwing to. And, you know, I think it makes – it just raises the the bar for everybody, right? Like, um, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, I'm with Hubs. I, I think the wide receivers, you know, you know, especially Brazel, they, they miss that bigger guy that could go up and, and, and you know, go catch a 50-50 ball that was, you know, third thumb down the sideline. And I, w I will say this. They're going to be more athletic in the secondary – but more inexperienced, but they're going to be more athletic there, Eric. So they're going to look, they're going to look different in the secondary. And I think they can be, they can be better there. Um, I, I just, I, I think for me, it's just the wide receiver position because they lack that explosiveness. It was a little, it felt a little bit, 
pedestrian with comeback routes and sideways passes at times this past year. And I, don't, I've, I think it'd be better than that in 24. Well, compared to what we saw the first two years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is probably unfair, which is probably unfair, right? Because I don't know how many years you're going to get like you had in 22. You know, where we're guys are 15 yards behind everybody running wide open. I don't know that you're going to get – I don't know that we'll see a year like that that we saw that year. Yeah, and, um, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, you know, secondary, you're, you're literally starting brand new. Um, all five starters are gone, and so you're starting over with, you know, just a couple of starts in that group right now of projected starters, if you will, at least from here on Tennessee side. Wide receiver couldn't agree more. And then, you know, kind of going off what you said, I mean, the quarterback position. Quarterback position in 2023, especially compared to some of the years you've had here in the last 15 years or so, wasn't horrible, but – could stand to improve overall to get back. And again, maybe it is a little unfair to compare it to 22 and, and 21 even, but get back to more of what that is in the Josh Heupel offense as a position group. And that being quarterback. And we'll see if Nico can, can do that and enhance the wide receivers in the process. Um, some, some bigger picture questions here from Nashville six, one, five. Um, how do you fix the transfer portal NIL high school signing day schedule? Uh, Andy Staples, I mentioned schools having to change the academic calendar. I think Andy was more or less saying that it's probably impossible to change the academic calendar. I don't think that the academic calendar would move no. for, for football, <laughs> even though football is the moneymaker. But still, um, big pic, big picture question there, Brent or, or Austin, if anybody wants to take a stab at it. Well, I think for me, I mean, I think the only thing that you look at there that you, from a calendar standpoint, that you could do something with is signing day. And the question then becomes, do you go back to the February date or do you bump up to an August date and, and take December out of the question? Here's one of the challenges with the February date. How many guys are going to lose an opportunity because their scholarship gets taken away by transfer, you know, in, in, in the first part of, of January? Is somebody going to get cut? You know, say you got a receiver targeted, you've got a receiver committed and then a really high, a really productive receiver comes available and you want to take him and then you cut a guy a couple of weeks before signing day. You know, what, what is that going to look like? How does that go? That's part of the issue, part of the, the things you have to look at. The August date is, you know, coaching changes. How many guys are you going to let out when there's a coaching change and, and that type of thing? But I think that's the only thing on the calendar that can move. I don't think you can move the portal window. Um, I just don't – I don't – I mean, you have to make them available to be able to transfer in the wintertime. And no. there's no there's no way to move that calendar. As for NIL, um, you know, unless you're going to a collective bargaining agreement and unionizing and and doing what Jim Harbaugh is talking about doing, that the only way to kind of manage that is, you know, some people getting told no. To me, Austin, I, I don't mean, you know what I mean? As long as people keep paying, you know, people are going to keep transferring. I mean, if if some high-profile guys don't get what they want and it becomes very public knowledge that teams aren't paying what they think they're paying, then it changes. Right now, everybody thinks that guys are getting a half million to a million dollars when they go to the portal. Yeah, or, or getting if, – if they're used to getting, let's say, 75, they think they can get double that or triple that in the portal, right? Like, you know, I mean, it, that they're able to, to really increase their income. And so, you know – I think to really kind of squash a lot of this, you've got to go with the Jim Harbaugh route and they've got to be some type of collective bargaining, um, you know, some type of revenue sharing. Um, you know, I think that slows it down substantially in my opinion. Well, and, and I, Rob, if you do that, I think the challenge is who leads that, 
Yeah, who, who represents the players? Because the turnover in the players is high out of, in and out of the sport. So who's got – who are you going to put in charge that everybody believes has the player's best interest at heart? There'll be a lot of people want it because they can be have some power and make some money off of it. But who is who is that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think you're completely correct. I would also think that we're a million miles away from in, anything like that happening. I mean, that is – I think, I mean, that would, that would be ideal in a perfect world. I just, I mean, you're talking about different conferences, you know, different, different rules for, I mean, different, you know, school, private schools, public schools. I just, man, I, I just think that, that we're light years away from, from, you know, any kind of governing body being able to, to level the playing field. You know, Harbaugh also mentioned uh, a players union, Brent. I mean, yeah, I just is, don't know how you, I mean, who, who organizes it? Yeah, who's exactly. on it? Players are going on and off every year when they graduate. Oh, yeah. It's just hard. I yes, mean, it's it super difficult. hard. It's just, and, and now you're talking about what, what, you know, coaches, you, you hear this from coaches all the time, right? What, what a coach's problem is that what, what Derek Mason's problems are at MTSU are different than what Josh Heupel's yep. problems are at Tennessee. Oh yeah. But what the student athlete is dealing with at Tulane or MTSU versus Ohio state, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, Michigan are very different. Those are yep. very different things. So how do you get that organized? You know, I think that that's going to be really well, hard. And also, I mean, you're talking, if you're just talking NIL, NIL across the board, you're also talking, you know, female gym, gymnast, you know, female softball player. I mean, like this, it's, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot as, yeah. as, as some Hubbard, as, as some really intelligent person once said, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a there's, lot of moving a lot of moving for, for sure. You know, here's the one thing that's that I think is kind of interesting, and it's not gotten any play because Ole Miss has been more about who they're getting. But it is kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Junkins leaves, and of course, the, the narrative was that that he leaves because he's such a you know he was a locker room problem or this whatever. But but the feeling from Ole Miss is you know with all the Lane Kiffin's tweets and all stuff is like, hey, take care. We've moved on to somebody else. You know, and, and that's kind of the first time you sort of had that that type deal where it's like kind of a true free agency. Basically, we're just not going to pay you what you think you can get elsewhere. So so take care. How many coaches do we ever get to that point? Because coaches are never told no. Very rarely are they told no on anything. So their answer is just pay. Just 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 pay them. I, I want them on my roster. Just pay. So how, when are we going to get to the point where? people really say, coach, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not keeping that guy, you know, and everybody talks about having a GM Austin, you know, but is a GM really going to have control over a coach? I mean, the GM's making whatever a GM's going to make at the college level. Is he going to tell the nine, $10 million a year coach coach? Here's the roster I'm giving you to coach with this year. I'm going to go. No, this no, is what we're going to get. Because <laughs> unlike, unlike NFL, that guy is always, the head coach is always going to be able to fire that guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know like, I mean? that's that's going to be the difference. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Austin Thomas at Ole Miss, but you're never going to tell me, and he can say here on this podcast and tell me I'm wrong, and I still wouldn't believe him that that he's out there making all the calling all the shots at Ole Miss, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, Lane is dictating every bit of that, and you know, Austin Thomas may play a role, but he is not, he is not, and and I don't think any of them are going. Yep, that's what you're definitely doing. That's what you're definitely doing. This is more yeah. like, you know, the and Rob's right. Like Lane can fire and Lane can fire him. Yeah. 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 I mean, just right. like Mike, I mean, just, you know, Mike Vrabel could not fire Maurice Carthon. You know, it's the difference. 
Too soon, Rob. Too soon. Last part of that <laughs> question here. College football playoff, uh, do you think it's or the college football, do you think it's eventually going to totally separate from the NCAA and, and kind of what would your timeline be on that? I mean, I think it will uh, at some point. I think it's going to have to. I think the question again is can can I mean, can college football get organized? I, I thought this was the best thing Kurt Ferrant said in Orlando. And that was that college football is a bunch of independent contractors who are, who are, who are occupying the same space, right? Like that, that it's, it's, if you're building a house, it's a bunch of individual people coming in and doing their parts, but nobody is in charge of the house. So the question becomes, if you break away from the NCAA, who is in charge? Who is the big 10, the SEC, the big 12, ACC, these other people are going to go, I want that guy in charge that there's no bias. There's, I mean, how do you get a group of people who's never been organized, <laughs> you know, who's never really cooperated and worked together with each other because of their competition on and off the field. How do you get them all to say, this guy should be the boss. This guy should be the commissioner. I think that's the first challenge before you ever, before you ever get into a situation of breaking away, because you can't break away without somebody being in charge. Good questions there from Nashville 615. Sounds like an entire podcast in the summer that we can maybe dive down into. But right now, before we get into more of your questions, I want to get a, a quick word from our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. It's one of those phone calls that you hate to get from your kids. Hey, Dad, a tree fell on my house. Well, we got that call a couple of weeks back from our daughter at her house here. And the first call that I made was to Exterior Home Solutions. The peace of mind that they gave me and us as a family when they came out here and came up with a plan, got us connected with the right people is absolutely priceless. Use the same people that I use in that time of need, Exterior Home Solutions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And that phone number is 524-5888. You can visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com as well. Local trusted since 1999. If you have any issues with the storms here this week, give them a call. They will help you out. All right, let's dive down uh, back into the questions. Athron's got a couple. A uh, good one at the top. Who's going to be tied in number three if Stazer Davis gets hurt? Um, it's a good question. Uh, Brent, you look at you got Emmanuel Coyier on roster. You got Cole Harrison, who was just signed. Probably a walk-on, though I believe Hunter Salmon is, is gone, but there's a couple other walk-on bodies there. I would say right now it's a walk-on. Where would you go with this? Oh, I, I, I don't have any idea. I don't think they have an answer there. Uh, it's a walk-on right now. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a walk-on, but I don't know what walk-on that would be. And, um, 
and and they're going to continue to swing here, uh, you know, with, with tight ends available until school starts. So we'll see if they're able to add uh, you know, someone else to that room. Yeah, and somebody better be delivering a pallet of protein shakes to Cole Harrison weekly. What about Okoye? Any, any, you should have bigger and grow and learn in a hurry. Yeah, agreed. Go ahead, Rob. What, Sorry, I was just say Okoye. Anybody temperature check on that one? I mean, he, it's it's a fascinating story, but I mean, we got any any idea if that's that's going to have a happy ending? Uh, you know, I think for me with Okoye, there's two things. One, physically, I still think he's. I'm not sure how much of ahead of Cole Harrison he is at this point from a physical standpoint, AP. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean he's real he's thin, thin, right? He's, I mean, he's athletic. He's muscular, but he is thin. He's not got a lot of weight on him. He's thin. Wiry. And, and again, and again, I go back to the fact that when you watched his high school tape, they didn't have lines on the field. And I'm not trying to be funny, but there, there were no hash marks there. I mean, to think about how far that guy has to come. Yeah learning the game of football i mean it's a project and i'm not knocking the kid it's not his fault he put on a helmet three or four months before he signed a scholarship paper to come play football in america at the university of tennessee so it's a it's a it's a project and it's it's still a long ways from completion in my opinion yeah he, he met kevin bacon and you know air up there so why you laugh when I say something and then you make that comment? I don't understand it. Right. Yeah, I mean he's very similar. Like he was, you know, he was, he was in the you're, do, you're dodging Hubbard's question, AP. It's true. It's a real. It's a double standard. <laughs> double just, standard. I'm just kidding, you, AP. You're right. I mean, it really is. I mean, he just. I mean, his knowledge of the game is. I mean, it's it's very primitive. It's very low level, and so he's got a lot to learn. Plus, he's got to figure out how to play the weight. Well, he's going to get on weight. I mean, you right. brought the best point. The best point we brought up was the fact that he's just not big. He looks like a basketball player still. Or a, a receiver. Yeah. It would be the best in football terms. He's more in a receiver body than he is a tight end body. But, I mean, you got to think about it. We always talk about, you know, evolution and development, all that, and the Josh Heupel offense. I mean, he's doing that, but still just learning you know, what college football is. I mean, was it Jackson Ross that said when he came over he didn't know what a flag was? I mean, it might not be to that extreme, but you're still learning as you go. A couple more here from Athron. Uh, just like in recruiting, do you think Tennessee should be casting a wider net in the transfer portal? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think the the transfer portal, you, it may be at positions they need multiple bodies at, but I mean, like, in a, in a lot of ways, I think you just kind of, you want to cherry pick certain spots, right? Like, you know, okay, hey, I need a tight end. Like, you know, whereas like Ole Miss is, you know, hey, let's go get every position, right? Like, that's just, it's a different philosophy. There's nothing wrong with their philosophy. There's nothing wrong with Tennessee's philosophy. It's just different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe, but I uh, don't think it's a, something you have to do at every spot. Which of last year's freshmen had the biggest impact on the 2024 team? Well, Rob, I would start the conversation with Nico, of course. Ricky Gibson, at cornerback. Um, you know, Cam Selden's going to run the football. Uh, you can kind of go down the list. I think Tyree Weathersby, once he gets healthy, is going to be in that rotation. Any other freshman from last year that's going to play a big role you, you project? Uh, you want, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to play a big role, but I want to see what Caleb Herring is going to do or what he's going to turn into. I mean, does he, you know, I'm, I wouldn't put this on anybody, but does, does he take a James Pierce type, type leap or just not, not a James Pierce type leap? Is, is, he, is he in the same zip code? You, you know, can, can we see that? Um, you know, there's it's kind of crowded at receiver with second year guys, but Nathan Leacock is a guy that you know people have had questions about. 
know, what does he turn into? But the, the, the big ones are the secondary. You know, Ricky Gibson, we saw him, Jordan Matthews, John Slaughter, Christian Conyers, all, all those guys. I mean, that, I don't know what their role is going to be, but those are the ones that I'm most interested in seeing we, the, those dudes in the secondary. For, for me, it's Ethan Davis because yeah. you're not you're not playing you're not playing 700 snaps or whatever the number ends up being 900 snaps to one tight end. I mean, you, you're going to have to play two tight ends there. And, and Holden stays is a guy who's going to play a lot. But you go look at this past year, they split almost equally the reps between one Jacob, snap off, you know, Jacob Warren and, and McCollin Castles. Um, Ethan Davis is, to, to me, he's a guy who has to make an impact in 24 at the tight end position for Tennessee. And then last one here from Athron. If Tennessee gets GMAC, will he create a snowball effect in recruiting? Or will it be more like Nico in recruiting where kids took notice, but it didn't really end in results for Tennessee? See, again, AP, go back to that class. It's weird because we all thought the snowball effect would happen on the offensive side of the football, whereas Tennessee looked like they had a pretty pretty solid defensive class that year. Yeah, I mean, I think on the whole, Eric, you know, George has a chance to have a greater impact because Tennessee's footprint is where George is from, right? Like Tennessee's footprint is not in California. I mean, I'm, they dabble out there, right? Um, but like it, at Nico, if ten, if Tennessee was in LA, how many more California kids come because of Nico? Uh, I think it's significantly more. Um, you know, so I, I do think that there's a, a a greater chance just because of geographical footprint where George is from for him to have a little bit bigger impact. Here, here. AP, here's my question: with with the with the cre- the evolution of NIL, is peer recruiting as significant as it was five or six years ago, or do you think it's lessened a little bit because it's truly become more business like with high school kids essentially having agents helping them navigate the process, and it's a little bit less emotional go play with your buddies do you think peer recruiting has taken a little bit of a back seat compared to where it was yes it, it still matters um but uh yeah I, I you know i think the, the fact that most of these you know transfers high school kids all have nil representation and you know those people are about one thing getting their client the best deal they can right so i mean like it's um and that's why you see so much change in it you know i mean it it can be done and then next moment not done. I mean, I know one kid that's committed to another school and he committed to a certain school and his representation called another school after that, like, like literally like an hour later, not like days, not weeks, an hour later and said, Hey, we could work this deal right here to bring player X to your school. Like, like even when a kid commits, it's never done, right? Like it's constant, and that's why college coaches, you know, don't have much hair left. <laughs> I mean, think of this. I mean, we're in a world where what you're talking about, AP. I mean, transfer portal decommitments are are a real thing now. Yeah, like a T-Mac. Well, and then look at the the quarterback from UNLV who, yep. who was going to Georgia Literally and within, he, hours. Yeah, within hours. <laughs> look, at, look at the receiver last year. Yeah. I mean, you just. I mean, you are, you're having public declarations in the transfer portal. Hey, I'm committed here. And then hours later, a day later, I'm committed somewhere else. Um, so it's just another layer that coaches are dealing with. Let's stay on the GMAC subject right here, AP. This is from Money Bradster. Aside from McIntyre, 
Who are some other 2025s that could pull the trigger here soon? I mean, I think you look at the in-state kids. I don't know if anybody's pulling the trigger soon, soon. But, I mean, like, you know, I think Cam Sparks is probably a spring decision. Um, when does Rodarius Jackson do something? Uh, Ethan Utley. I mean, Ethan Utley announced his top five at Christmas. And so, I mean, like, you would think that he's getting closer to, to narrowing it down even further. So, um, you know, again, I don't think you're seeing, like, you know, three or four commits, you know, once George pulls the trigger for somebody. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you, what you see is, is, you know, more commits this spring. We'll go to iHeart Vols. Rob Lewis, what role do you see Dalton Connect having the rest of the year? Do you think Rick would consider bringing him off the bench in a Vinny the Microwave Johnson type role to add some instant offense? Muted. Muted. Man, it's been weeks. It's been weeks. It's been weeks. I, I don't think Dalton is coming off the bench. <laughs> I think his I think his role is gonna be that you know he's gonna be Tennessee's op, prime offensive option number one. I mean, I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's gonna change. I mean he's not, you know he's not scored twenty plus the last four games, but you know, that he's still Tennessee's best offensive player. I, I don't think there's any question about that. All right, let's shift down here to Cross 33. Brent Hubs, how much longer do you think this coaching staff remains together? I mean, it's a, it's an every offseason conversation with some guys will flirt with some head coaching positions. Um, but overall, the staff's done a pretty good job of staying together. How much longer do you think that will happen? Well, I mean, I think they're all going to be back next year. I think they'll be together unless somebody um, – NFL, barring an NFL. Uh, bar, barring an NFL or if a college coach leaves for the NFL, creates a trickle-down effect in some yeah. way. Maybe that could happen. But I, I don't think Josh Heupel's making any changes this offseason um, with, with the staff. I mean, listen, Knoxville's a really good place to live. For this staff, it's been great because they have not dealt – I mean, the, the gnashing of the teeth is a nine-win season to this point, right? I mean, it, it's it, it's gone pretty well. I mean, you, you're, you beat Alabama in year two. You, you beat Florida. People like you. Knoxville's pretty cheap. They leave you alone, you know, and 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 don't, don't bug you and – um, it's, it's a great place to raise a family. And so I, I don't think anybody's just looking to jump, jump, unless it's a promotion or a, or a head coaching job. And those guys are going to be selective in head coaching jobs. And I think a lot of assistant coaches, AP, are trying to figure out what their next move is as this sport evolves with NIL and the calendar and everything we're talking about. They're trying to figure out, like, what is my long-term goal projection to be? Um, as, as a coach in a game of football, where's that at and what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, it's the, the calendar ever evolves, like their ability to, to recruit and, and stuff changes year by year. And so, yeah, I mean, I think college coaches are constantly kind of trying to figure out the path for them. Sometimes the easiest path, sometimes they don't want to go to the NFL, and they want to coach in college, and what's the, the best path to coaching college? Because not every school is a 75 hour a week school right like some some coaches are like man you know go home you know get out of here at five o'clock and sometimes that's the path that some of these coaches choose yeah and you got a couple of guys a couple of coaches of the staff who aren't young in the teeth so how much longer do they want to coach you know but before they go in before they decide to retire you know i think that's something that's on the table in the coming in the potential coming years not right now but that's something that you kind of look at as well JJ05 wants to know how many more transfers can Tennessee take and how many possible departures could you see in the spring? 
That's a great question. Numbers, I'll, numbers, numbers. I, I'll let them figure all that out. I just, you know, report on who might be coming to campus and who might not. I mean, I, I would say one to two more, depending on who they can, you know, let's see if they get heard, finished out. Um, you know, let's see if, you know, kind of what happens, you know, with, with any potential tight ends, um, you know, so I, I would go maybe one to two more. Yeah, I, I don't think they're in a situation where they're going to they're gonna turn – they would be forced to turn a kid away because they're up against, you know, your your 82 or 83 number. Um, but I don't know that there's a ton of guys out there that they have real interest in. And then as for the springtime part of the question, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, the spring portal window has not been nearly as active as the, the winter portal window, but guys coming out of spring practice, you, you never know where those guys might be and what they might – what they might be thinking coming, coming out of spring. Um, you know, it, it used to be that that was a time where guys who were just graduating, that's the first time they could go in the portal. But with the change of that rule about anybody, I mean, anybody that wants to go in now can go in right now. And so I don't know that the spring is going to be all, you know, it's not going to be nearly as active as it's been this winter. All right, AP, let's end on this one. This is from Slappy Ball and there's a list of prospects and he wants oh, to know, wow. AP's favorite. If Tennessee's in the lead in the top group or trailing for the following prospects, you you see it on screen right there, AP. If you just want to yep. work at your own pace, there. Work at my own pace. Thanks, yeah. uh, David Sanders. Top group one. Gaston. Uh, I mean, maybe top group. The top group are trailing. Rodarius Jackson. Um, top group. Josh Petty. Top group. Terion Grant. Uh, don't think Tennessee's doing much there. Uh, Caleb Cunningham. Top group. Ethan Utley, top group. Cam Sparks, top group. I mean, you probably could lean leading on a couple of those, but, you know, out of respect for those kids, I'm not putting any bullseyes out there. So, uh, you know, Tennessee's in, in pretty good shape with a few of those guys. Oh, uh, this will be the last one. We'll get in one of our favorite handles. I miss Denarius Moore. <laughs> How can our running game improve, evolve going into next year? Additionally, where was the speed option at times this year? I think – I mean, the run game has been really good, Brent. Um, short yardage situations continue just like in 2021. They were not fantastic. You saw some evolution there in the bowl game. They went under center, multiple tight ends, couple of backs. Maybe you see some more of that. And then the speed option, I mean, they they, they do it in spots. They did it a couple times in 22. One time that I remember they did it in 23 was, you know, a, a turnover at Missouri, right? The, to begin the second half or maybe it wasn't a turnover. But it's not a huge part of their offense, but it's something that they have in their in their arsenal. I don't love the speed option because when Hendon Hooker ran it, he got blasted every time he he ran it. The option, play. if you're a quarterback in the, any any option, you're getting hit every play. So like I, even I, if you don't have the ball, you're getting hit every play if you do it correctly. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that play, but whatever. Um, in terms of improving, I mean, they just finished their third straight year of rushing for over 2,500 yards. It's never been done in Tennessee school history. It's a pretty good run game. Um, I don't I don't know that. I don't know how much it evolves. Look, they need to be more powerful in the short yardage situation so you can improve there. They missed – that's where they missed Darnell Wright and Jerome Carvin the most in the run game was in those short yardage spots because yes. they just leaned heavily on the right side. But in terms of, you know, schematics in the run game, I mean, it, it's – Rob, where are they at in the SEC? Top two, top three? They were, in- they were second, 211 yards a game this year. I mean, they're averaging – pretty good. Yeah, over 200 yards a game in the SEC. Before we, I want to go out on this and uh, Hubbard and AP, everybody. Which, if I'm Josh Heupel, the design quarterback runs are getting ready to get 
I don't know if I take them out of the playbook, but they're getting ready to be dialed way back with with the kid that's going to be under center. Two touchdowns in the in the uh, yeah. the Iowa game. That's great, but I mean, man, I mean, I mean, he can run it. He, I mean, he can. I mean, I, I think he's a really good runner. But I'm, man, with that that arm and you know with which with the depth, I, I mean, I just I, I'm I'm not saying you put him in mothballs, but man, I, I just wonder how much I wonder how much it changes the offense. I mean, I mean, I hear you. You don't want to get him hurt. Like you don't want to take unnecessary risks. I get it. But sometimes Brent against a team that's really good against the run that allowed only four touchdowns per game and you're in the red zone, you want that extra blocker, man, that design quarterback run worked out perfectly on two of those plays. I, I agree. Don't do it a lot, an awful lot, but you know, it, it's there. He, he had, he had three rushing touchdowns j- just, just for the record. Um, well, I know, but the, t- the, the two, yeah. I mean, one was a, one was a draw. The other one was a straight quarterback sweep. Right. The other one was and, a was a run pass option. It was yeah. an RPG game. And so, speaking and speaking of mothballs, I put Eric's ping pong game in mothballs. Yeah, <laughs> in Orlando. Here, here's where I am with the with the quarterback run. Game and one, I eleven think, to Rob, one, buddy. I think Rob, you you bring up a a good point in that you don't want the guy beat up for twelve games. I think you're selective with it and you use it in games that you have to have it in, much the way you did with Hendon Hooker. Okay, in the Florida game. You know, they had concerns about running the football, and Hendon Hooker's legs were a big part of that. So they let him run the football more. They called more quarterback runs. I don't think you do it every week. I think you do it in certain matchups, certain big games. When you have to have it, you keep it honest there. But I'm not running him, you know, against whoever that I've got control of the football game in. I'm not I'm not running him. And I think they learned that lesson a little bit in year one when in a blowout game against Missouri, they're running – Hendon Hooker on a on an option, you know, at the goal line and, and letting him get hit up four touchdowns. So I think you're just a little bit more selective with it in big games, and then you're cautious with him in games where you say, you know what, we can win this game. We feel good about our plan without the quarterback run being a part of it. Exterior Home Solutions puts East Tennessee's community first, rooted in trust, and are the first choice for roofing and exterior home renovations. That is our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. Free estimate. Give them a call today, 865-524-5888, online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. Big thanks to them for being the presenting sponsor here of the VolQuest Podcast. Big thanks to you for sending in all your questions. Sorry we didn't get to more of those, but uh, we're through about 16 today, and uh, we'll hit some more next week. For Brent Hubs, Awesome Price, Rob Lewis, I'm Eric Kane. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.